0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who has given us this past year and gives us a whole year of being His body next year. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ... Matthew 25, we've been walking through the three parables that show up in Matthew 25 for uh, two weeks now. This is the third week. And uh, Matthew 25 is kind of this interesting set of three parables that Jesus tells. And he tells it in order to get his disciples ready for his leaving. That's why uh, pretty much all of the parables have something to do with Jesus with the master leaving and then coming back and so you have the first one where the bridegroom is arriving because he's left he's gone and gotten his house ready and now he's going to be coming back and you should be a wise bridesmaid or virgin or however you translate that and be ready for his return. And then the next one is all about the parable of the talents. And so the master goes away, and then he comes back, and things come due. And he says, hey, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? And that's how that story plays out. And here we have sort of at the culmination of this, a story that Jesus is telling that doesn't really sound like a parable, but parable is the word that really fits it best. Because what he's doing is he's telling a story of what the kingdom is going to be like. Now, that doesn't mean that when Jesus comes back, that bingo, bango, we're all going to be magically transformed into sheep. Which, at least for me, is good news. You know, sheep are kind of smelly, they're sort of dumb, I don't really, you know... Definitely, you don't want to be magically transformed into a goat. <laughs> Even a talking one at this point, because the lines that you get are not good. <laughs> and so, when Jesus is, is telling this parable, when, when he's saying, this is what it's going to be like when I come back, we, we start kind of perking up, because we're like, oh, okay, well, this is what it comes down to. This is bottom line Christianity, Right? This is, do I go to heaven or do I go to hell? And so th- this is something that we're like, oh yeah, all of that stuff about my neighbor, who cares? Um, I care about me. Am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? Am I a sheep or am I a goat? And so, so we start to ask those questions, and so we, our ears start to perk up. And we start to go, okay, well, how do I get to be a sheep and not a goat? And the answer is unsatisfying. Because it seems like even the sheep and the goats don't know. Again, sheep are dumb. <laughs> but the way that this plays out is that you get kind of this list, right? And Jesus says, well, the sheep are sheep. It seems because, well, they they saw me hungry and they gave me something to eat. They they saw me thirsty and they gave me something to drink. They saw me sick or in prison and they came and visited me. They did all of these good things for me, Jesus. And all of the sheep were like, uh, Jesus, I'm going to let you go with that. Um, but I don't remember that at all. When, when did we do this? And he says, "When oh, when you did it for, for one of the least of these? And we go, oh, okay, least of these. And then we start to figure out, okay, well, who's he meaning by the least of these? So, uh, least of these must mean not people that are probably, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, probably not NBA players, um, you know, definitely not college football coaches, Um who are getting paid amazing amounts to just lose games. Um, (laughs) And so you're like, okay, so so least of these, that must mean, well, poor people. Because after all, they're hungry a lot, right? They're they're thirsty a lot. They don't have a lot of clothes, so I can clothe them. Um, uh, They occasionally get sick, and um, sometimes they end up in prison. Which, I mean, that one's always, isn't that like you've unlocked a new level um, where you're like, okay, I've got everybody down, but now I need to figure out a way to go visit people in prison. (laughs) Uh, I I need somebody to okay my credentials so that I can do that because, you know, showing up at prison and being like, why are you here? Jesus told me, (laughs) probably not going to work. But this whole series that we've been talking about as we've been looking at Matthew 25 has been a series of really looking at at the deeper level of this. And that's what we've been doing throughout this year. Every year here at University Lutheran we do this thing called an annual focus. And the annual focus for this past year, the year that's ending today, has been what does this mean? And the sort of little tagline that has come along with it is, you know, inviting people into conversations about the deeper meaning of Christianity. And sure, there's a surface level of Christianity here in Matthew 25 that says you should care for people because they are hungry. Because they don't have clothes, or because they're thirsty, or because they ended up in prison, or because they're sick. And that's certainly there. But what's the, the deeper meaning here? Well, in order to get the deeper meaning, a lot of times you have to sort of start to look at the text a little bit deeper, and you have to start look at what's happening in the text. And what's happening in this text is that Jesus is sitting around with his disciples. And it's pretty clear. It actually happens about two chapters before this that you find out that it's just his disciples. Because in Matthew, Jesus runs at the mouth a lot. I mean, that whole Sermon on the Mount thing is just Jesus spitting knowledge at you. But about two chapters before this, you find out that the gathered people here are Jesus' disciples, which I think is important. So, when Jesus is saying, this is what's going to happen. When he says, I'm going to separate the sheep and the goats. And he says, I am going to come and I'm going to separate them out because they ministered to me. Well, Jesus is prepping his disciples for this reality of what he means by me after he dies on the cross, after he raises from the tomb, after he ascends into heaven. And this reality of who he means by me, after he does all of those things, is he means we. He means us. And so, basically, what he's saying is that the world is going to be judged on the basis of if they're treating the disciples well. Which we're like, yeah! I love this way of looking at Matthew 25, right? Well, stick with me. Because that means that you, like all of those twelve apostles are going to be hungry you're going to be thirsty you're going to be persecuted you're going to be thrown in prison you're going to have all of these burdens but what jesus is saying is this don't worry about it step into it yes you're going to be hungry to the point where you need to be fed Yes, you're going to be thirsty to the point where you need somebody to bring you a drink. Yes, you are going to be sick, and you are going to be in prison, and you are going to want somebody to visit you. And I'm going to get my church to do that. I'm going to get the gathered disciples to take care of the gathered disciples. Which is a crazy reality. But it's who we're called to be. Who we're called to be is we're called to be the body of Christ. We're called to be Christ's physical manifestation on this earth. Because Christ's physical body is now ascended up into heaven. And he said, because I'm going to be up there, you all get to be my body. You all get to be my hands. You all get to be my feet. You all get to be the people that are serving the world. You all get to be the people that are serving One another. And so, because of that, all of a sudden, this text becomes instead of all law, instead of just becoming a list of you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that, all of a sudden, this text is good news. Instead of, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that, Jesus is telling his disciples something good. He's saying, guess what? I'm going to take care of you. Even after I die on a cross, even after I raise from the tomb, even after I ascend into heaven and it looks like I've left you, I'm not going to have left you. Because I'm leaving you the church. I'm leaving you all of these people. Who are going to take care of you. And oh, by the way, you get to be one of those people as well. You get to take care of one another. And so all of a sudden, Matthew 25 doesn't look like doom and gloom for us anymore. It looks like good news. Because Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to reward those who act like my body. You kind of have to rewind the tapes back to that, well, confusing Ezekiel reading. And you have to go, okay, well, what's God saying in there? God is saying, well, I'm going to take care of my sheep. And how am I going to take care of my sheep? Well, I'm going to take the sheep that are self-serving, the sheep that are butting other sheep out of the way, and I'm going to kick them out. That's what Jesus is fulfilling when he comes back. He's saying, when I come back, all of those sheep that are just working for themselves, they're gone. And then you go to that reading from Corinthians there where, Paul is talking about what it looks like when Jesus comes back, and there's a really scary line here. If you are somebody who really likes power, it says that Jesus is going to come through and he's going to destroy every kind of power out there. But what's going to be left? What's going to be left is service. And that's what should be left with us as well at the end of this reading, where we get the good news that Jesus has given us the church, a church that we don't deserve. We don't deserve other people helping us. We don't deserve other people coming to us and feeding us. We don't deserve other people giving us drink. We don't deserve people even visiting us when we're sick or when we're in prison or any of that. We don't deserve it. We get it as a gift from Christ. Because of Christ. Because Christ said, this is what you would do for me. Think all of us in here would be like, hey, if I saw Jesus and he didn't have a shirt, my shirt is his. I don't care if I have to go shirtless the rest of the day. It's a story that I will tell. I will even tell how I got picked up by the cops. (laughs) Because I had to give my shirt to Jesus. And he says, look, I am going to put you in my place in all things. Even in the things of the church serving me. Instead of the church serving me, I'm going to have the church serve you. So that you can be my body. And what it means to be my body is that you are going to sacrifice yourself. You are going to feed people, and you are going to clothe people, and you are going to give people drink, and you are going to visit people. I'm going to free you up to be able to do those things by giving you my identity. And I give you that identity to you by way of my cross, by way of your baptism, by way of including you into my body. And so for this next year, today we're ending this annual focus where we're talking about getting into the deeper meaning of Christianity and we're moving into an annual focus called We Are the Body, in which we talk about what it means for us to be Christ's body. What it means for us to be the church here in 2017. And the most important thing in that entire notion of us being the body is this. Is that he made us his body. By dying on the cross for us by forgiving us of our sins and including us into himself. It's the most important part of Matthew 25 and it's the most important part of our Christian faith. It's not the stuff that we have to do. It's the fact that we're included into Jesus. And so as we end this church here where we've been talking about Lutheran theology because we've been ramping up to the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. If you remember nothing else about the deeper meaning of Christianity, remember this. The most important part, the deepest part of what it means to be a Christian is that Christ has died for you and has rose again. And because of that, you are now his body. Amen.